0: Hi, we are Easy A's, Angie and Amanda, two best friends with a decade between us, which has shown us that you don't have to be at the same age and stage to get each other at a soul level.
1: We believe life should be easy, not to say that it won't be complicated, but we are finding it is possible to move through life with more ease. Join us as we go down the rabbit hole of anything and everything that is lighting us up at the moment.
0: Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Back hello. For week. Who's that voice? Who's that voice we just
2: heard? <laughs> we okay. have our
0: friend Catherine with us today. Catherine Wisner. Catherine, say hello.
2: Hello. <laughs> How are you, ladies?
0: We're doing great. We're so excited to have you here. We haven't had a guest before. You're our very first.
1: You're our first guinea pig. <laughs> As we kind of figure out how our our flow of interview goes, that's exactly right.
0: Yeah, we we haven't done this before, but we just know that we have a lot of interesting and fascinating people that we know and that we would love to know that we would like to have on and and kind of talk about their life and their process, and you know, kind of framing things up. One of the reasons we wanted to have you on, Catherine, is that. Amanda and I, obviously, the show is called Easy A's. We believe in living life with ease and flow, but we're still trying to achieve that a lot of the time in our own lives. And you have, you know, we've known you now going on, gosh. Three years. Two years, I think. Two years. (laughs) I can't remember exactly, but I think two years in February. Yeah. Okay. And we met you on a retreat that we all went on together. And we didn't know you before that. And ever since then, over the last couple of years, I think we've both had the opportunity to bear witness to you living life in a way that is very in alignment for you and very in tune with your own purpose, your own flow. And we just really love the way we get to witness that in you. And we'd love to have you talk some about that today. So that's why we were inspired to, to have you on. And yeah. I think you just have a really fascinating life story.
1: So kind of going back to when we first met, which I can't believe it's only been two years. I feel like I've known you forever. It feels like a lot longer. Um, Yeah. Talk us through what led you to the retreat where we all first met.
2: Yeah, it it was pretty random. I I actually was surprised I ended up going. It was really my first foray into anything that I would call spiritual. Um, Prior to that, I would say I identified with being, um, an atheist and, uh, non, not religious. I was raised in a Lutheran household. I did go to church, but as I uh, got older, I just kind of moved more and more into what I would call like a rational way of living or a scientific way of living and really put a lot of my faith in things I could see. Um, and so what led me to that was, um, gosh, about nine months prior to that, I had quit uh, my job. And it was a really big deal for me at the time. And my coach at the time had told me the the day I had quit, basically, that I should go see this person called Annie Browning. And I thought, you know, who is this person, you know, and my coach is like, she's like a spiritual person. Um, and of course my coach had said, I've never seen her before, but everyone says she's amazing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just, I did believe a lot of my intuition and I've always been really in touch with my intuition throughout my entire life. It's been how I've made so many major decisions and business decisions. And so I was like, I looked it up and she was like five minutes from my house. And I thought, well, no harm. I went and I saw her for like two hours and it was, one of the most unusual experiences for me at the time because she had like tapped into spirit and my ancestors there and my guides were there and all this stuff. And I had never done any of that stuff before. And I was like, okay, this is my new life. This is really interesting. And um, needless to say, I had a a lot of also um, was really unsure about a lot of it, right? Like your first experience with that. So But fast forward, I'm at a retreat for WPO, which is the Women's President's Organization. It's all women who run companies. And Annie is there um, doing guidance for people. It was just so crazy. (laughs) And and I bump into the hall and she remembered me. And she didn't just like remember me. She remembered all these things about me. And it was just like the eeriest experience because I just... I'd only met her that one time. I didn't expect her to know anything about me, but she knew me. She like knew me, yeah, like my soul. <laughs> so, anyway, when I got an invitation, I got on her mailing list then, and then I got an invitation to go to the retreat. I was like, okay, I think I'm going. So that's how I yeah. ended up there.
1: Yeah, I think for us too, that was kind of our first experience was with Annie into this world, and then the retreat was kind of the first moment where it felt more like something you're living versus just maybe going and seeing Annie when you can. Um, it felt like really putting it into a practice and a way of living more than before.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, just to tee up a little bit of frame of reference, we, you know, we're talking about this Annie a lot in this episode and and she's somebody that I have been friends with for a long time now, gosh, I think probably close to like 13 or 14 years. And she has been a great friend to me over the years. And in the last five years, I guess I would say she's really undergone a, a pretty big transformation in her own life. And she has really stepped into intuitive and mystic spaces. She has really undergone an enormous transformation. And so when she started kind of coming out of her awake, I mean, she's going through her awakening. But when she kind of came out of the cloud of her awakening and started utilizing these intuitive gifts that she has in her practices, she started practicing on her friends. And so she had... Used me as not a guinea pig so much, but just I have the benefit of getting some of her services for free up front, and you know it was it was a really powerful thing. And Amanda
1: met Annie some sometime right around then too. Um, the year prior, I think I met her in like April of 2018, which is really specific, but I remember it being like the same experience. Catherine, kind of. I mean, I'm not I'm not atheist, or I never identified as being an atheist, but grew up very. Um, you know, religious. So I think it felt very much like, okay, we're still talking about the same realm of things, but in a completely different way. Right. And it was just so lovely. Um, yeah. But yes.
0: And my frame of reference for her was as not just my friend. She also has her master's in social work, but she has her master's in divinity and she was my pastor actually at the church that I go to. And so, you know, it was just really interesting to kind of have all of these things kind of coming out of of that experience with her as my friend. And and so anyway, that's that's kind of how we That was your intro to her, Catherine, how you met her and how Amanda and I both met her individually and separately. And so she has been a a real catalyst, I think, for all three of us in our journeys that we have been experiencing. And I just find it to be such kismet that we all got to meet together at this fantastic retreat in Winter Park, Colorado in February of 2019. And it was it was magical. She and Anne-Marie Early, her colleague, they have a joint business together called A Common Awakening. Certainly worth checking out for anybody listening and wanting to have some of these experiences of kind of getting your toes wet and dipping into this experience of awakening and what that means, what that looks like, and really getting in touch with your own self and your your own intuition, your own core, your own soul, your own inner guidance. I think it's,
1: it's really powerful. So something we talked about earlier today, Catherine, was your ability to see images. And that's something I remember from the retreat when we would do work, kind of work with each other, you would see these amazing like visions or, you know, like you, would, you had such clear pictures. Is that something that still happens for you and kind of describe what it is that you, but how that works for you?
2: Yeah. My gosh, when that happened at the retreat for me, it really was, took me off. Was that a surprise for you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I really didn't do any of this work prior to that retreat and never, I always have had a very strong intuition and trusted uh, my inner knowing and my inner inner, I wouldn't call have called it inner guidance. I just would have said like gut feeling about things Mm -hmm. (laughs) previously But yeah, to be in that space with that energy and even opening up to the concept that I, you know, could potentially see things, you know, because previously that just wasn't anything that wasn't in my realm of imagination or belief. Mm -hmm. And then opening the door up to that, it was incredibly, um, gosh, it was at the time kind of very overwhelming. And at the same time, like I felt very held. And now I just feel so grateful and so held. And um, it's just another way of getting guidance. Like we all have different ways of getting guidance. And right for me, um, being able to see something, I'm actually feel like I'm transported to another place and it, I can feel how it feels. It, it's, it's so literal. It's not just a seeing, it's like I'm there and I'm feeling all of the things around me. And um, sometimes that it can bring me to a place that's rather scary. Um, and I've been continuing to use this guy, uh, the, my visualization work with some breath work I'm doing too, which has made it like super powerful. Um, so
0: yeah. Yeah. That's I, so cool. But I've always just been super, uh, impacted by the imagery that you do see, and and my experience and the way that I receive guidance is so different from from that that I just like want to hear more. So so you're saying that when when imagery comes to you, it's literally like it's it's almost like you're in a multi dimensional reality where you feel like you've shifted from sitting at your desk like you are right now to being in this sunflower field or in this you know where wherever you are. Um, and and can you, it's just like, a, it's like you're actually experiencing it in that moment.
2: Oh yeah, I'm there. Yeah. Like it, it, whatever that is called, Andy called it something one day. I can't remember anymore where you're actually transporting to another place, but mm-hmm. I'm there and um, I'm just describing where I am. And I think that is maybe why it can be so poignantly, other people can somehow feel that too because there's almost like a part of my energy or my soul that is in that place mm-hmm. when I'm talking about it and it's so much of a felt sense yeah I'm describing how it looks but there's like a real like I mean there's a touch for me there's like a I feel the energy like it's, it's feeling the energy of that place and then me describing that energy so it's the vibration again of that is place. that
1: something that happens for you every time you like go to meditate or drop in to your wisdom center as it's called, or is that like you go to a different place every time pretty much or?
2: Yeah, I have two guides that I talk with quite a bit, but are in specific places. And so I will connect in with them now that I, I have a deeper connection with them and I cultivate that, but yeah, I never go to the same place and it's always just, Frankly, I feel like I'm just sitting out in a void most, most of the time. Like, I can tell you what that feels like. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, and then someone will ask a question and I'm brought someplace else, right? It's not like, without asking, I'm not brought anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to be right. like, otherwise, I literally feel like I'm just sitting out in a void out mm-hmm. in the ethers or whatever. Like, it's just in a dark spot. Sometimes it's a river. Sometimes I'm floating down a river. Other times I'm just sitting in a completely dark space. And then there's like a, a question and then it's like next second I'm there. It's like really quick wow. and really clear. So
1: cool.
0: Very cool. Mm-hmm. So coming out of that experience at the retreat, Obviously, you've already explained that you were in a bit of a kind of a career transition. And I think when we were at the retreat, you had some various ideas kind of floating around in your head about some next steps you might be taking in your professional life. So talk to us a little bit about the last two years for you and what that journey has looked like and, and what a new way of living and kind of listening into your guidance has kind of brought you. Where has that taken you over the last couple of years?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, at that time I was working on forming a business with one of my good friends and that ended up being something we weren't going to do anymore through guidance. (laughs) Um, but we worked on that for like six months and it was a super fun adventure. Um, and I'm really grateful now that we didn't do it. (laughs) Um, it was also during that time that just, you know, some people started talking to me about this coach they really loved. I started listening to her podcast and I ended up um, going to the same coaching school she went to, cause I just adored the work. It felt like it was like a missing piece in my life. Like I had done so much work. <laughs> I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but just like, I just like, it all helped. It all helped. But like, there was like a, a piece that I just could not place and this was that piece for me. And it was, um, you know, an amazing experience. I went to coaching school for a year. And I've also just got really involved with emotion work and body work. Um, So somatic practicing. Um, So getting really in touch with my emotions and how I feel and trusting the feelings, trusting, and that is got gui- your, your guidance is your feelings. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you listen to your feelings. If you're really present with them, it's going to tell you exactly what to do and what you need. And that's that moment. cool.
1: Yeah. That is so cool. I love it. Uh, something you touched on that r- kind of reminded me of a conversation we've had recently, Catherine is in the beginning when you're seeking when this is new to you and you're kind of seeking all the information, at what point do you decide that, because I think we said this year, we're like okay we've we've done all these courses. we've done we've paid for all these things. We've listened to all these podcasts. and even today, you know, we did this webinar thing, right? And it's so much information, and I love it like I'm a junkie, like a self-help junkie, if you will, or a development junkie. right And so at what point do we decide, like, actually I've got it down. Like, yes, I can still be expanded, but I know enough now to, to just maybe not purchase all the courses and the books and the <laughs> like, look at my bookshelves and you're like, wow, <laughs> like she really, really loves this stuff. Um, so what was that like for you when you kind of realized, so you did the coaching program. Now you had all the tools.
2: Yeah. I mean, one of the big things that I learned at coaching school was that it, I mean, I've heard this before. The, the sad thing is, because I, I also am a junkie with um, self-improvement stuff. And I've I, so many things that I've heard before and that I've been desiring and seeking, right? I've wanted in my life. Like I've listened to Eckhart Tolle and um, or I've, read, I've read his books or like the Buddha or like all of this stuff, right? You read this stuff and you're like, oh yeah, that's totally the way life is, right? But like, it's so, it feels so hard to get embodied into it. And mm. you can like taste a piece of it. And that's, I think, part of the driver of why I've continued to do work. Cause I just felt like I had never gotten what I called like home. And so a lot of like what I was missing previously and what finally sunk in for me is that there was just nothing wrong with me. Mm. There was nothing that had to be fixed. Like that's lovely. Yeah. I love and coming to the place of what I call like true self-confidence like that you are it's all internal like any sort of confidence you get from anything outside of you is like a house of cards and I and I mean that it's just like scaffolding that's gonna fall down one day and it doesn't mean that you don't do it I'm just saying that that internal journey for me which was learning how to get like my own back really trust, forming a relationship of trust with myself, which I didn't really have before, like um, were we're what made all the difference for me realizing like, hey, there's actually nothing wrong with me. There never has been, right? I've just had this like, I've just been told by like the media, my school, my parents that there's something wrong with me. And it's also ancestral, right? It like comes in our DNA basically, (laughs) that there's something that needs to be fixed being women you know, and, and coming to the place that like, oh my gosh, that's just a total, that's just a total story. Like I'm, and that I'm never going to get to a place where I feel enough if I'm judging it on anything outside of me, because it's just, it's just a thing. So anyway, coming to a place where I realized that there was never anything wrong with me, that I can get completely confident on my own, and then to follow guidance for empowerment. Like one of my key things I do in my life, and I do this all the time is does that feel empowering or not? Mm-hmm. Right. Some of the things that like sound like really good thoughts or really good ways of living your life are completely disempowering. And the more I checked in with my and it's emotions, that's how I know it's disempowering. The more I was like, does that feel empowering or not? No, it doesn't. Why doesn't that feel empowering? Right. And starting to question some of the beliefs I had created. The more empowered I felt, the more confident I felt. So yeah. It's been wonderful, wonderful experience and journey. Um, yeah, and I still do self help stuff, but yeah. it's coming from a place of abundance. It's not coming from scarcity. It's not coming from oh, there's something missing, and I need to right. figure out what it is to solve this problem. I'm so desperate, you know. It's coming from a place of just like I want to be an example of what's possible. I want to have fun. This is fun for me. Like I want to grow and expand. It's coming yeah. from abundance, and that feels so good
1: so and when you use that metric that's just making me think so when you're you know something new comes your way and you you say like oh I need this I need to do I need to sign up for this course if it's coming from a place of fun and like this is going to be so much fun I'm really going to expand versus like I need that because if I get that then I'm going to be able to there's something missing in me already I think how you said that just really totally that's powerful I think like so too. emotions.
0: And is this something that like so the process you were just talking about and understanding and that shift in yourself to understanding there's nothing wrong with you and that you have a lot of the context you need and the answers that you need kind of like right within yourself is that a lot of the work that you're doing with the clients that you're coaching or what type of what type of coaching are you are you doing with these folks that you get the opportunity to partner with now?
2: Yeah, that's what I mean I'm I'm Everyone, you know, they hire a coach because they want a result typically in their life they don't have. And what I do is I help women get the results they want in their life, right? So we do get the results, but it's through, I use a lot of like cognitive science with them. So we talk about, we talk about thoughts and belief systems. So we understand how it's affecting the brain. Okay. And how, and I I work a lot with women on like patriarchal um, myths and structures, um, because I think it's a great way for women to be able to like, oh, I get why I have this belief. And so tapping into the, into the thoughts with them. And then from the head, we also go to the heart. And then we work on deep, um, deeply touching in with their emotions, their intuition, uh, guidance, like all of that work.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
2: what I call we go to the, the gut, which is so to where we keep the somatic, like kind of trauma almost. Um, of all of the shame and the past pain we've had, and all the things we try to protect ourselves from. And it's also a lot where we're, our emotions are kept too. But, and we work on grief and we work on sensuality and women empowerment and the first chakra a lot first, second, third chakra work um, and opening up and releasing all of the pain stored in the gut. And so, those three things together really, um, help, like people are just naturally going to be able to get their result because mm-hmm. they get rid of like the, what I call like some blocks. And I don't think any of this is anyone's fault. It's just, no one's been taught how to, to do it. And it's, yeah. it's also kind of hard to do it on your own. Like I, I still have a coach because you can't see that you're sitting in a pile of manure,
1: Right. you know,
2: like if you've been sitting in that pile of manure for like a long time and you're like, oh, this smells so good, you know, like. <laughs> Cause you've lost all you've ever smelled. Like it's really hard to recognize that like there's a green pasture over here where you don't have to be sitting there anymore because that's all you've ever known. And so for me, I still see a coach because it expands me. It grows me. It helps me notice where I'm still sitting in some, you know, things that I would like shifted, not because there's anything wrong with me, but because I have a result or goal in my life I want to meet and for mm-hmm. some reason I can't, I'm having a hard time getting there on my own. So that's yeah. really what a coach does. Like if you are having a block, you can't see a coach is going to help you get through that block, um, and, and tap into your intuition and clear all of the shame and trauma and grief and sadness and a lot of the emotions that keep us stuck. Yeah.
0: And you've said a couple of times that you work mostly with women or all with women. I'm not quite sure, but is that a choice or is that just kind of how it's worked out?
2: Um, I have worked with men in the past, but now my business is strictly women. So that's a choice. Yeah. Um, I just think I'm better um, suited being a woman. And a lot of this is based on my own experience Mm -hmm. to uh, be able to uh, help women through their journey a lot of what like I talk about is just helping women get wildly confident and free. So I talk about like a wild, like just tapping back into the essence of who you are, the wildness of who you are, like, like the messiness of who you are. And I think men have different challenges than women. A lot of the times when deconstructing what I call patriarchal myths. So they are also equally damaged by the patriarchy Sure, I have not had their personal experience, right. Of what they've gone through a lot of what they've gone through is emotional shutdown. And, um, I have, I, I've read a lot about it and I have young children and two boys, um, and I work a lot with them on their emotions. Um, and so I'm totally capable of doing the work. Um, I've just found that for me, because I'm a woman and I've experienced, um, the same thing as other women that it's, um, I feel like a natural ally to them mm-hmm. and a natural coach. Um, and, but I know plenty of men that do work with other men on patriarchal, um, systems and deconstructing that stuff and getting true confidence and true freedom in your life. Yeah. So there's tons of men that work with men on that stuff and it's beautiful.
1: Sure. That's, that's actually you don't think about it a lot because most of the people that we talk with about anything are women, right? And we know women are doing a lot of this work. And so for men to feel like they can do it too in a in a place. There's a place for them to do it too. A safe place. I think that's important.
0: It is. So so many many things. things. (laughs) But I love the word that you used about like kind of getting in touch with your wild. And I've, that just kind of reminds me that I've, I've been more aware of this kind of movement for rewilding for women. And I, I really love that that verbiage, that terminology, just like really getting in touch with the essence of our womanhood and, you know, kind of really getting in there. I like, I like that terminology a lot.
1: (laughs) I was going to ask, cause you mentioned this a couple of times. So another way, you know, you work with a coach, um, but you're doing breath work and other types of work. So I don't know, tell us a little bit more about the breath work and what you, how that also helps you kind of release the things that you need to release.
2: Yeah. I, a lot of my clients, I suggest to go to get breath work done. Um, It's not something that I know how I I do short little, like five minute breath work sessions with clients, but I'm not trained beyond that to do it. Um, But it is, it is a way the breath work I do um, is, it's like a way of having a psychedelic journey without taking the drugs. So (laughs) if you do it right yeah excellent so it's it's just like a really easy way to connect in with with deep inner knowing and guidance and what needs to be released and it's an easy way to I mean I I just it's so easy to be able to release things during breath work that you might spend a whole year in therapy trying to release like it's Mm -hmm. just like it's such a powerful practice and you know, I I now I um, was doing like longer, like four hour sessions, and now I'm doing these like hour long sessions, which are like more often, but it's an amazing way. It's just like, you take care of your body, you go work out, right? Like we need to take care, like, we need to take care of our emotions and trapped emotions inside. And we need to take care of the grief and the sadness and all of those things. And it's so important to, you know, have like, for me, my breath work, my consistent breath work practice to make sure I'm keeping my body optimally clean. And it's able to be able to flow. Cause if you have all these things stuck, you know, you're going to get stuck in something and then you're not going to be able to get that result or that desire that you want in your life. And it can feel really, you know, frustrating and depressing and anxiety prone and all of this stuff. So I'm, for me, breathwork clears my anxiety. It clears my depression. It just, and it does it in a way that's so painless. and mm-hmm. so appreciative of it. How often do you practice with breathwork? I've made a commitment this year to do it once a week, at least for January and February. Previously, it was all over the place. So like I might go, there was like some months I went three months. There are sometimes I would go every other week. There's sometimes I'd go once a month. Like it really, I was just following my guidance and mm-hmm. when it felt like I needed to go. And what I'm hearing right now is that I'm I'm going every week, but in I'm going to the practice that um, I go to here in Denver every other week. And then I'm doing a Zoom breath work with um, some some a group of people the other, other week, like on the off weeks which is a shorter practice than the full one. And yeah, so that's what I'm going to do right now. And it's flowing really well.
0: So something that is hitting me right now, and I don't know how comfortable you would feel with this either. Would you feel comfortable leading us through just like a very brief, like breathwork exercise or giving us a couple of tips that people who are listening could if they don't have any frame of reference for this yet, even just like an easy way to get into the practice.
2: Yes. Um, I would suggest finding a, uh, someone who's going to facilitate it. Um, it is a sacred, sacred practice. I consider it part of my spiritual work. If people are wanting to get into breath work, the easiest way to get started, right? Any sort of breath work. Like breath is, ever breath clears things so easily. I mean, there is... The classic, you know, sing, like where you're breathing in one nostril, mm-hmm. breathing out the other, right. Just taking a deep breath in, letting it all out. Like I, I do this stuff with my clients all the time. We learn a new type of breath every session to reset the nervous system. Yeah. Right.
0: And I think Amanda, you went to a session recently with Catherine that, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you've, you've talked about it too, that you found it really
1: powerful. Mm -hmm. That's been my only experience and I've only been a few times, but I think I agree with the, the idea that you move so much more than I could ever move in, in therapy, not saying that therapy isn't wonderful for many reasons and has its place, but I don't know, for me, it just, it works a lot quicker and what I like about it, I, I sometimes like to overcomplicate everything and you don't really need to know what it is that's coming up. You can have an idea, but like you don't have to go into it knowing exactly what's gonna come up. That's part of the fun. And that's takes the pressure off. And then you see what comes up and you then I think as you go through the week, you can be like, oh, and and maybe that was related to that. And you can kind of see how it goes. So for me anyway, that's been my experience is I just kind of go with an open mind. And usually by the time I've gone, it's, it's Catherine telling me, you know, like reminding me like to sign up and I'm always so, so glad that I went. Um, and it's something I, I can see incorporating, um, into like a day or like a weekly daily would be <laughs> daily would be <laughs> Pretty intense. a lot of, a lot of breath work. Um, so yeah, I love it. And that's why I wanted to hear Catherine's take on it as well. Um, so something I want to ask, and because I think you're such a powerful manifester, Catherine, I mean, since I've, since I've met you, I just feel like you're the kind of person who's like, well, why can't you do that? Like, what's up you? Right. And I could give you like a million reasons that I've come up with, but you've just so straightforward and you're just such a powerful, like you just take action and, and do what you're called to do. So I'd love to hear more about kind of your manifestation practices and then maybe even some things that you've recently manifested that you're, you're willing to share. Mm,
2: Good questions. Um, For me, my manifestation practice, and I have to say that, you know, for most of my life, I've been manifested a lot of things, basically anything I pretty much wanted came into my life. And I never real I didn't really realize that I was doing it. I just wanted something. And I was super passionate about getting it. There was a lot of emotion involved in it a lot of desire. And uh, I had a lot of belief that I was capable of getting whatever I wanted to. And so Um, it was something I didn't even recognize that I had in my life until people would say to me, like, I can't believe you have all these things. Like, like, how do you do this? Right. And this starts when I'm like in my early twenties and I was like, what do you mean? You just do it. Right. But I recognize like looking back on it, like as I've learned more about manifesting and studied it, that the critical, like I had two critical things going for me. And, um, one was just my, my beliefs weren't as limited as some people. I still had some limiting beliefs, but I really had a belief that I could do a lot of things. And if I put the energy into it, I was going to get that thing. And it was just not to like, take it into like, it was just math basically is how I saw it. It was just like, you just keep doing it until you get it. <laughs> yeah. Like you just keep going.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally.
2: And the other piece I had was like an intense desire and passion and so much emotion behind it. And I recognize now that that is one of the key components to manifest both of these things. Like if you have a limiting belief, and this is not meant to like blame people to feel bad about and be like, Oh, there's something wrong with me. No, no, no. I mean, there's literally nothing, there's nothing wrong with you, but if you find yourself stuck, right. Sometimes like, And these limiting beliefs don't come from you. And that's why I'm I'm trying to say like, there's nothing wrong with you, the essence of you, the core of you, right? But like, you know, just by the nature of like how we're raised and our schooling and you know, the infrastructure we're in, um, there's a lot of limiting beliefs that can grow, especially out of traumatic experiences, which we all have a lot of. (laughs) little little traumatic experiences you know yeah Someone little tea trauma. Some tea trauma t-trauma yeah and they just build and build and so you know recognizing your limiting beliefs and starting to believe something so start to envision what you want right so you start thinking about it and you have to start living from that place like you already have that thing like you have to truly believe that it's possible And through this process, you're going to find all your limiting beliefs. This is the reason you don't have it yet. Like it's just that, but it's easier said than done. This is why I recommend, like I do cognitive work with people that work on limiting beliefs, but it's also stored in your body. So you do some somatic work too. I recommend breath work as a really simple way of clearing um, (sighs) trauma stuck in the body. You don't even have to name it. That's the beauty of it. just goes, right. work is going to help you get rid of trauma in your body too. But so you have to have the thoughts and you have to clear the, the, the limiting beliefs out of your body too. And yeah. then from there, you're going to have a really nice connection with your emotions and your passions. And you can really start that the passion, the energies would kind going of to fuel you and taking the actions. So, you know, I drop in often to get guidance through my first chakra. So I will drop in and I will use the energy of creation that is in my womb to help me create, okay, what I want to see in the future. So I will speak it out loud or I'll say it in my head and I will tap into my first chakra, my second chakra, even my third chakra sometimes and uh, call on that energy to help me create this vision in the world. -hmm. And bring that forth. So yeah. I mean, that's that's in a nutshell. I teach a lot of things to people during coaching and we actually do some of the practices, which I know I've showed Amanda one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just belief and it's it's like the energy, the freaking desire you have. Have you ever like desired something? You had so much pleasure and passion for something that you've wanted it so bad. Like it's that energy. It's like the Aries energy, like the energy of the seed that sprouts from the ground. Like that sort Mm -hmm. of energy is the energy you have when you're manifesting. Mm -hmm. The
1: abundance mindset.
2: Yeah. And it's just being so, but it is and isn't. I've manifested scarcity things into my life too, ladies. So (laughs) like you said, you have to be be careful. careful. Right. You have to be careful. Like I've managed everything that's happened in my life. I have co-created Manifestation is just being uh, bringing awareness to the fact that you're already doing that and being intentional about it.
0: Yes, I think that's the perfect way of stating it.
2: I do some new new moon circles, especially not during COVID times, and that's probably one of my favorite, most favorite times to man- to release and to manifest. And just, I mean, just the amazing results I've seen my clients get, I've seen my friends get from doing the practices that I've shared with them and taught them has been profound. You know, people asking for money and getting like $5,000 the next day out of nowhere. Like just, I know that seems unbelievable. It is, but it happens. And I, and and I, and I feel like it's kind of like the universe is like, I got your back. Yeah. Like you can do this, even if you don't completely believe it, just starting to practice it. um, You're going to start getting evidence all around you that you have way more power than you ever realized.
1: I love that you said it only has to be like, you know, you don't have to believe 100% because I think that's something that could get people tripped up is like, oh, I believed it yesterday, but I didn't really fully believe it today. Is <laughs> it still, you know, I think that's right. that's like really just a nice thought is like you, you're you doing the work, you're you're unblocking what needs to be unblocked, getting rid of those limiting beliefs and, you know, the universe kind of does the rest for you. Um, you're taking action obviously on the things that you can. Right. At what point, so when you felt comfortable asking, you said you you believed it enough to ask people if they knew of somebody, um, I think that kind of goes along with something Angie and I talked about a lot, which is following your intuition mm. um, or in that case, you know, depending on who you listen to, like the pings, the downloads. So what's that, you know is that has that been easy for you to do or like what advice do you have for? helping people just really follow their intuition?
2: The easiest way to get in touch with it is your emotions. Like you don't have to think too much about it. It doesn't have to be like, I didn't get a ping or I didn't get like a download, right? (laughs) It's just like, you actually are all the time. Like just listen to your emotions. That's all you do. Just being aware of your emotions every day, you're going to learn so much about what your body is trying to tell you it needs. Your body always knows way before you figure out in your head what it needs literally, your body's so smart, your body knows, it's like, this is what I need. And it will like, you know, just be screaming at you almost, and you'll just have like, totally shut it off. And that's why it's so important to do the breath work, do the grief work to take care of your body. uh, Because so many of so many of us have shut off our emotions, we have shut off our bodies, because there's so much backlog that needs to be cleared. So um, getting in touch with your emotions is something that you don't need to do all day. I'm just saying, like, spend just like maybe once a day to start with being like, how do I feel right now? Really? Like not that I feel happy or good or whatever, but like, how do I really feel right now? And why do I feel that way? And what is my body trying to tell me about what I, what I need to do right now? And That's so so
0: huge mm-hmm. and it's so simple.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, don't, don't get, be like, I have to do all this like huge intuitive work and do all this stuff. You don't right. need to, you start with baby steps and then your body's going to be like, because once you have a conversation started with your body, it will open up all on its own, but you got to start the conversation.
1: And that's so much easier than like last Wednesday, I was having just this, you know, everything was getting to me and I was annoying myself. You know, I was talking to Angie because we also worked together and I was like, and I couldn't stop talking about who and what was annoying me. And then later I was like, I'm really annoyed that I did that. And so the way you just described it, instead of me trying to be like, you know, bad, bad me for being annoyed, it's more like, wait a second, what am I feeling? Mm -hmm. And like, what is it trying to tell me, right? Like, it's so much easier than the way I like to (laughs) go about a whole day of wasted, wasted efforts. But I like that.
0: Yeah, it seems so simple, the way you said it. I like that a lot. Catherine, thank you so much. Thanks for
1: your time and... This was a lovely, lovely first experience with interviewing somebody. Um, If people wanted to learn more about you or were interested in learning more about your coaching is, do you have a website yet or how could they learn about you?
2: Yeah, it's uh, klwcoaching.com and yeah, you can find out all about me and my programs. And there's a a ton of just like free resources on there too. So just come get whatever resonates with you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much again for taking the time out and speaking with us and just so grateful to have had you today. This
2: was so much fun. I can't tell you. I can't with the last time I talked so much about myself. Like it it fun. It was fun. I'm going to say thank you ladies. It was so nice to be interviewed by you. Thank you. That's a wrap for
0: this episode of Easy A's Podcast. Thank you for stopping by and joining us. For more information on what we discussed today, check out the links in the show notes. We'll be back at you soon for another conversation amongst friends. But if you'd like to connect with us in the meantime, find us on Instagram at Easy A's Podcast. We'd also be ever so grateful if you would take a hot second to subscribe to our podcast and give us a quick rate and review and better yet, share us with one of your friends. See you soon.